welcome, 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 welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the 512 Sports Show. Uh, my name is, of course, JC, host of, excuse me, co-host of the 40-Yard Line podcast, and I am sitting directly across today from Adi of Populous. What's up, guys? How's it going? Adi here. I'm back. Uh, missed the last episode, episode number four. Um, I was actually in San Antonio that weekend, hometown of JC and Goose. Um, joining me today is another member of the Populous team, Yash. Yash, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, what's up, everyone? My name is Yash. I'm a marketing advisor for Populous, and I'm excited to be here today. First time on the podcast. Uh, it's going to be a good one. Welcome, welcome. Totally not going to bully you. <laughs> <laughs> Great to have Adi back. Great to have Yash alongside us. I'm Goose. Uh, you know, I run the Goose Talks Hoop. TikTok, ready to ready to talk some sports with the fellas. Always great to be back. Let's get right into it. I mean, I agree. We've got a lot to talk about today, and we're just kind of mixing in four voices. So there's going to be a lot today. Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited for what kind of personalities we get on stage today. Before we go ahead and get started, I want, you know, you don't have to give a high, you don't have to give a low. You can if you want to. If you want to, go for it, or just give me your one to ten star rating of your week, starting with Justin. I'll give it a solid, like, 7.5, um, you know, with the anxiety of school coming along. Real. That's yeah. probably the only thing that's kept it below a 10. Uh, played a good round of golf lately. Uh, shot, like, 98. I'm not a good golfer, but hey, it's a great time. Below 100, though. Below <laughs> exactly. 100. That's what's up. Below 100. Uh, so, yeah, 7.5. How yeah. about you, Josh? I-, I would say I'm almost right there. I was just thinking, like, 8, honestly. Cause okay. Same thing, like school starting, it's, you know, whatever, just trying to get past senior year. Um, but excited for to meet everybody again, kind of like get back and, you know, Austin, the studio, um, kind of doing what's up with people who are cool and passionate. Yeah, about you, Adi? Oh, man, 10 stars. 10 stars. Dude, I, I went to Six Flags in San Antonio. Okay. It was so much fun because we went on a Wednesday. I mean, we all almost got heat stroke, but... There was no one there. Uh, we were able to go on all the rides. Favorite uh, ride, go. The Iron Rattler. That was absolutely. The that, that was the correct answer. That's the right answer. Yeah. Yep. The Iron Rattler. It's it's got like a massive drop. From what I read, it's like a near vertical. I think 81, 82 degrees. It's also one of the fastest coasters out there. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend, he's from Abu Dhabi, which has the fastest coaster in the mm, world, okay. the Formula Rasa. It goes at 145 miles per hour. Oh, dang. Um, so this was only half the speed of that, but it was a lot more violent, and he definitely thought it was one of his favorites as that, well. That coaster actually won the number one roller coaster in the United States in, like, 2012, 2013. That's, like, when it just uh, opened, too, right? Yeah, that's yeah. when it just came out, because they had the accident with the, the Rattler, where somebody fell the out. wooden Rattler. Tragically. Yes. And so they remade it, became the Iron Rattler, won... So coaster back. of the country. So back. <laughs> it, elite roller coaster. That's all I got to say. Uh, you do the Superman? Of course, yeah. Superman. You know, they used to have virtual reality on the Superman. Yeah, I uh, A while back. Unfortunately, not anymore. Um, It's better without it. You get, like, the nice little views of the hill country. It's so cool. It's cool, yeah. Um, Batman Ride was cool, too, although it flips you backwards, like, 10, 11 times. And you got to protect your... Gonads, gonads a little bit. Yeah, gonads. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know that's what y'all exact, mean. That's the exact word I was going to use. I know, I know what y'all mean. It's it's a very uncomfortable ride yeah. for that reason, but it's cool. It was fun. Uh, let's see. I made my second ER visit in two months uh, this past week. That was pretty not epic. Uh, really sad we're not doing a video podcast today because I could have shown off the little shiner that I have. <laughs> could have hyped myself up. It's fine. It's whatever. I'm a solidly eight or nine right now. 
feel real good about Texas football, really good about this podcast going forward, and I'm I'm ready to go right into it. So we'll just go ahead and get started. That's great to hear. Also, Eight Miles, the best movie of all time. Eight, eight miles the best Justin, movie of all Justin time. Justin hasn't seen it. I, uh, I watched it, it ages ago. Uh, I don't think I have seen it. I'm not a huge movie guy, personally. Oh but I heard eight God. miles is really good. <laughs> Man, we all need to get on that. Yosh, you haven't seen Barbenheimer either, right? No. no. Bro, me neither. Like, I've Justin. been wanting to watch Oppenheimer Gosh. specifically, but I've heard really good things about Barbie from guys, which is like... It's a good time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> moving forward, uh, going back to last week to recap... Uh, I think you can make the statement, Justin and I, no ball. Uh, U.S. women's national team head coach did step down this past week, I believe on Tuesday or Wednesday. I said he was going to be gone eventually within the year. It only took one week after the U.S. disappointing exit for them to lose their head coach. We should all be very excited about this. It leaves a lot of new opportunity, maybe a former player. There has been rumors of former players coming in to be the head coach. But I think this is what the women's team needed, and I think it's time now that we move into the new era of U.S. women's soccer, and it's time to open the floodgates for all the young girls and all the young players that we have on our roster. So Maybe instead of the Saudis, the U.S. team should offer Messi or Ronaldo a billion dollars. (laughs) Did Neymar sign with another Saudi team, correct? Who? Neymar. Oh, I, I didn't keep up with that. Did yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Someone really confirmed did. this for me, but that also just proves our ever-believing beliefs. <laughs> while someone is, while someone is uh, verifying oh, this information, oh shit. Me. Yep, there we go. I Excuse was, yeah. my language. Yeah, no, you're Neymar good. joined Al Hilal. Yeah, that's the same team that offered Mbappe like seven hundred million. Something yeah, like that. I think he signed for like two years, like two hundred million or something like wow. that. Wow, that's but insane. He yeah. is now basically ending his career, kind of you know, like going in the back half of his career at thirty-one. Everybody's criticizing him. They're like, Messi didn't even win all three of his international trophies until after he turned 31. Um, so, yeah, yet another player that's gone to the Saudi League. I'm sure we'll all have some thoughts about that at the end of the episode. But another one to make note of, also Messi obviously is dominating Major League Soccer, uh, just really coasting through it. It's not even fun for him. It looks like he's kind of just here <laughs> to have a good time. And, of course, the big one last Thursday, Colin Simmons at 2 o'clock did commit to the University of Texas at Austin. The number one, I mean, I don't care that he's number two national, the number one defensive player we could have gotten. He is, he is, I would arguably make the biggest signing we've had since Arch Manning. Uh, 100%. Right. Yeah. Easily, I mean, biggest guy that we've gotten since Ewers came in the transfer portal that December night a few Mm -hmm. years back. But this has set up the stage. We predicted it. I was right about it. It has now set the stage because over the last week, Kobe Black, and Ryan Wingo, as well as Dominic McKinley just 20 minutes ago, have all now received crystal balls for Texas. So Texas, looking real good. Number 17 right now in national standings, but I'm going to call it right now. This is a program that's going to finish with a top five signing class for 2024. Okay. Top five signing class for 2024, which would be Sarkeesian's third straight top five class. I don't think that's an egregious take at all. I think I don't that's think a very safe take, actually. I've, yeah, it's super. Yeah. I was going to say three, but then I was like, eh, I'm going to say five. Top five is safe. <laughs> top three, probably. But we'll, we'll see. see. I'm excited. But that uh, recaps what we've got going on the last week. Let's go ahead and throw it to Justin for our NBA. Sweet, yeah. NBA schedule released yesterday. Big day in the NBA world. A lot of headlines that come with that. The first and foremost comes out of Golden State. The Warriors are leading the league in back-to-backs for the second straight year with 15 on the season. For an older roster, that can be incredibly detrimental to what you want to accomplish. Um, You know, all those back-to-backs, we've seen it with the Warriors the last couple years. They're going to rest guys like Steph, Clay, 
now add Chris Paul to the mix, add Draymond to the mix. Those guys are all going to get rested on a lot of these back-to-backs. So it's going to be interesting to see how they approach that with the most in the league. But the caveat of that in a positive way is that they get 41 nationally televised games. That's the most in the league. If you need any more proof that Steph Curry is the main draw in the NBA, that should tell you right there. The Lakers trail behind them with 40. Obviously, LeBron still brings in his audience. So those are two headlines. The Raptors have the least nationally televised games in the league that with checks out. three. That checks out. Makes a lot of sense. Nobody's yeah. trying to watch Raptors basketball this year. Um, there's an all-new Rivals Week. So Rivals Week obviously is going to entail a bunch of rivals from across the league. How would you um, think of that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Something, something just told me it's going to be a little bit, a little bit testy on the rivalries. But there's some interesting ones like Hawks Kings is a rivals matchup, and I don't feel like that makes sense. Hawks and Kings aren't really rivals in any sense of the mm-hmm. word. Um, Portland and OKC, it kind of seems like the NBA is trying to force a Scoot versus Wemby. Uh, narrative there you obviously got clippers and lakers you got the nets and 76ers some east coast matchups golden state's gonna play the lakers once the suns and mavericks that'll be a fun one because you have luca versus a team that he despises that one's in the fun. suns that's gonna be a good one Knicks yeah. and celtics always great matchups so rivals week a way to spice up the regular season should be fun another one is like joel Embiid versus uh um, Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets, so that'll be fun as well. Of course, they also came out with their Christmas schedule, some solid games on that. You got Bucks, Knicks, Warriors, Nuggets is one of those games as well. Um, so yeah, big day in the NBA. But one of the things that I'm most excited about, and I'll get y'all's opinions on this as well, is the Spurs are coming back to the Moody Center for two more games this season. March 15th, they will match up against the Denver Nuggets, the reigning NBA championships or reigning NBA champions. And March 17th, they will match up versus the Brooklyn Nets. Are y'all excited? What's Dude, the yeah. thoughts? I'm gonna be real. No. What? No. Why? Because the only superstar I've ever seen that wasn't Tim Duncan play was Nikola Jokic. That's I've tough. N- I've never seen like another superstar play. Like my parents, they've seen Kobe, they've seen Braun. Like they've seen right. like they've seen like the New Jersey Nets with like Wallace and all of them, Chauncey Billups. Like they've seen dogs. I saw like sophomore year Nikola Jokic. <laughs> so like it'll be like I'm really excited to see him play. If I can get the chance, I'd honestly like to go to the Brooklyn game more. Okay. I would like to go see Mikhail Bridges play in person, but I would love to see Jamal Murray too. But yeah. that's fair. Yeah. All right, boys, we're all going to the Brooklyn game March 17th. <laughs> it's right here. It's right on campus. Screw it. Let's go to both of them. I agree. Let's drop a bag. Hopefully, hopefully we can afford to go yeah. to both of them. Populous marketing. Go into that. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm betting the tickets are going to be pricey though. Have you all have you all looked at the F1 ticket prices? Yeah, because F1's in Austin October. They're right? stupid. Yeah, they're October. Yeah. It's like 500 bucks now. It's double what it was two years ago when I last yeah. went. I mean, it's just how it is, especially because, you know, like F1's going to have their Vegas race. The amount of money that's going to come in from that race alone is going to yeah. be incredible. So F1's slowly making its way to the U.S. Uh, I don't say. Pretty I don't know quickly, I would say. It is quickly, yeah. right? But that's it's insane. been, what, every, like over the last three years there's been an increase in yeah, that? Yeah, with all those, like, Netflix shows and yeah. movies. Uh, I think one thing that I want to talk about with this NBA schedule with you is I do agree 
completely. I love that the Raptors are in last place because they are the most non-watchable team moving forward, especially because they did lose their disgustingly poor point guard who got grossly overpaid in Houston. But it still is a team that has interesting objects, and not objects, it has interesting draft picks mm-hmm. in Grady Dick and in, oh my gosh, why am why am I blanking on his name? Scotty Barnes. Yeah. In uh, Scotty yeah. Barnes and Grady Dick, those are two compelling players that doesn't have like the worst coaching team behind them, and nor does it have the worst rotation. I think you can make the argument that the Hornets are that. I get that yeah. everybody wants to watch Lamelo and Brandon Miller play, but the Raptors. I mean, they're not. Spoiler alert! The worst. Spoiler alert! Spoiler the alert. Charlotte Hornets do only have four nationally televised games. Okay, so that makes so, a little bit more there you sense. Go. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's just it's interesting to me that the Raptors are dead last because I mean are they kind of trying to do this off of season prediction where they think teams are going to end up essentially? I I think so. Yeah, that's one aspect. And the Raptors' main draw right now is Pascal Siakam, and there's just so much trade talk right. revolving Pascal. So that's also another aspect you have to address because if your main draw is going to get traded halfway through the season or even before the season starts, then obviously the NBA isn't going to be able to capitalize off of games where the Raptors are playing Makes on sense. national TV. So, I'm just saying you can make the argument that a team that's worse for national headlines is the Utah Jazz this year. Oh, they didn't really? Get, they didn't get better. They didn't get worse. I think they got better. I mean, they added John Collins. They got some interesting okay. draft picks. Laurie okay. Markkinen's going to be there. Walker Kessler's playing for Team USA. I would, I would say the Jazz are... A somewhat fun team to watch, in my humble opinion. I think they're a fun team. I just don't know if I would choose to watch a Utah Jazz game. Especially because Utah's market has never been really a vibrant market. That's fair. Yeah. That's just my opinion, but I don't know. I think I'm just just sick because the Spurs got disrespected for the last four years. You know, they've had no Hey, but they got respect this year. They got, what, 20-something nationally televised games? I think 16 or 17. Okay. Yeah, it was like 11, not counting the NBA NBA TV. NBA TV games. Yeah. I want to hear all y'all's thoughts, though. This headliner, excuse me, it was announced as a headliner game for Rivals Week with Spurs Thunder mm-hmm. for the Wemby Holgreen matchup. And I'd like to hear people's thoughts on that one. Yeah. I mean, how's kind of the rivalry between OKC and the Spurs? I, I want I, to hear your take on this. I love this matchup. Okay. OKC and San Antonio used to go head to head pretty heavily late 2010s, yep. right? Like, Russell Westbrook, KD, Serge Ibaka versus Timmy and TP and uh, Manu and those guys. That ri- that Boris. that matchup was always so much fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, they they did end Tim Duncan's career. They did, they and Lamarcus did, yeah. Lamarcus Aldridge dropped forty in back to back playoff games against the Thunder. Yeah, f- I remember that one. back yeah. in like twenty fifteen. Yeah. Um, so those have always been really fun matchups, and now you have this new age bringing in Holmgren and Wimby. Uh, I think that'll be a really fun matchup, and I'm really excited to watch that rivalry kind of grow as these teams evolve over the next couple years. I think it's really interesting. Uh, I'm compelled by it, but I have this like feeling that it's gonna we're gonna end up sitting here ten months from now, a year from now, talking about this Spurs Thunder matchup because I think it's what's gonna happen is it's gonna be like that Ben Simmons scenario where Ben Simmons missed his entire rookie year. Comes back and wins Rookie of the Year. Chet Holgrim missed his entire Rookie of the Year. And now I think he's like the second odds-on favorite behind Wemby to win Rookie of the Year. But it'll be interesting to follow that kind of Chet Victor who's Rookie of the Year moving forward. So I'm kind of interested to see that. I agree. It will be fun. Um, Also, though, 
another another thing to look at is Chet has been playing in some really competitive offseason runs. I don't know if any of y'all have seen this. Yeah, He's playing with uh, playing with Kevin Durant, Trey Young, some of those guys, and he was hooping. Uh, so that's going to be really fun. And like you said, Chet's I, second in the Rookie of the Year. Yeah, second um, rankings right now and so I think I think Chet should be the favorite because when you look at Wembenyama what he's going to bring is he's going to add a little bit more to the defensive end but Chet is probably going to be the more polished offensive player and maybe be the the smarter defender not relying just on his god-given strength or god-given abilities as much Mm -hmm. so Chet would be my pick for rookie of the year but yeah, those will be really fun matchups. Now, before we talk about our last point with the NBA, I'm going to bring up a very interesting point. That I, I, I've started to see this. So, as we all know, you know, the NFL has been trying to dominate itself as the year-long sports. You know, the NFL is a 365 business. We all know this. The NFL recently just started owning Christmas Day. They took that away from the NBA. With this rival week, with this in-season tournament that we're about to talk about, with this Christmas schedule, all these things happening before All-Star break. Because, you know, a lot of people don't tune into the NBA until after that second week of February. Mm-hmm. Is this the NBA trying to take back that early season schedule, that October to January? I started because, you know, Adam Silver is uh, – he's an incredible commissioner for the, the NBA, and he's always pushing entertainment first. But I'm noticing with all these new things that we're trying to do, all these early season tournaments and all this – is this the NBA trying to make some noise and take away from the NFL? Yeah, 100%. Uh, this is not necessarily take away from the NFL, but what you see in the NBA is opening day, the ratings are great. The right. second day, the ratings are really good still because everybody wants to tune into their team's first matchup, their team's first big game. But then after the first week of the season, everybody's back into football because you know mm-hmm. the NFL and college football dominate that time of the year. So, yeah, you have Rivals Week, you have your Christmas games, you have uh, the in-season tournament. That's all in an effort to try and drive up ratings for the first half of the season. Another thing is, like, they lost a lot of money during COVID. They were the only sport that played, but the ratings in the bubble were not good. You couldn't sell tickets. So they're still trying to recoup their losses from that as well, just like any of the other major leagues. And so that's another thing that goes into these efforts to drive up ratings. Interesting. It's exciting, though. I honestly think it's a matter of, like, they should be focused. And, you know, the NBA has talked a lot about international expansion. The NFL hasn't been as busy on that. Mm -hmm. But the NFL dominates game-wise, right? There's what? Each each NFL team plays 17 games a year. Each NBA team plays 82, potentially now 83 games in a year. So per game, the audience viewership is going to be a lot lower for the NBA, especially because there's so many more NBA teams spread out. Um. I mean, what do y'all think? Is this the right approach for them to try and boost viewership? I think it is because, you know, it's crazy because, you know, I, I know that moving, like, over the last, like, eight years, people have talked about, you know, you've had, especially with, you know, Colin Kaepernick. Remember, there was all these people that said, I'm never going to watch the NFL again. And people thought the NFL got boring there for a while from, like, Super Bowl 50 to Super Bowl 54 type beat. But I think that, you know, obviously the thing that, I'm not saying say the NFL because the NFL was always the number one market. They were always the number one business. But obviously, you know, guys like Patrick Mahomes, he's the reason the NFL has been so popular. But I think the NFL, the NBA is taking the right approach because of how compelling these rookie classes are. Because now we're paying more attention than ever to high school ball because people are paying attention to guys like Ron Hall and whatever he's doing next in professional basketball. Cooper Flagg, 
who's a sophomore just reclassified so he could be a class of 2024. It's just guys like this are always going to be changing. But, I mean, it's interesting. You could make the argument that it isn't the right move. But I think with the NBA, there's no other way because you can't shorten the season. But you certainly can't add games either. So I think it's the right move. Are you guys going to pay attention to the in-season tournament? Follow along? I mean, I'm going to pay attention to it because it's kind of my job to watch the NBA. But my <laughs> nice. question is, nice. do you guys like the in-season tournament? Do you like the format? How do you feel about it? I think, as Justin, I think you and me were talking about this earlier. You mentioned it's going to confuse fans a lot more than it actually brings fans in. And looking at the format, there's six groups of five teams each. I looked at the lineups and the divisions. They tried their best to make them sort of competitive. You have kind of two good teams for each of the groups. In Group A, you have 76ers, you have the Cavaliers, Hawks, Pacers, Pistons. Um, Group F, I think you guys are going to find that interesting. You have the Spurs and the Warriors. And Kings, right? And the Kings. Yeah, that's a good one. Nice. I like that one. But it's also kind of debatable how much the players are going to care about the in-season tournament. You have to remember this is well before playoffs, well before they actually start putting all their energy and time into this game. So while a team might be good during the playoffs or during the actual season, if the coaches on that team don't care as much about the tournament, they might tell their players that they don't really care about the outcome. So you might not necessarily see the Celtics or the Suns or the Heat winning a lot of games there. You might see... As we saw in the summer league, you know, you might see lesser teams like the Rockets or the Trailblazers, or sorry, not the Trailblazers, the Cavaliers, kind of coming in and winning games to kind of prove themselves. Mm-hmm. It'd be also cool to see if they're like going to test out anything new and like interesting for the actual season. Like, if they're not, um, I guess, trying to win the game, they might be more willing to test out things that they normally wouldn't do. Yeah, throw out some rosters. And yeah. Stuff. yeah. Go for it, yeah. What are I you mean, thinking? what are you thinking? My thing is, like Adi said, you got six six groups with five teams, but most of the time in a tournament format, what draws fans in is like the March Madness environment. The yeah. reason the play-in tournament is so successful is because you have a winner-go-home game. Definitely. This in-season tournament, it's like, okay, you don't make it past the group stage. Guess what? You're still playing the Games. You're still an NBA player. You're and, still well, you're, left, you're still yeah. playing. Yeah. Eight, you're still playing 82 <laughs> games, and the team. You don't make it past the group stage. Who cares? Your incentive is five hundred thousand dollars, but a technical foul is a tens of thousands of dollar fine. It's like 60, so it's like sixty like k. You're, re- you like you're recouping yeah. some of your losses just from technical fouls throughout the year. Five hundred thousand dollars is a ton of money, right? For people like us, but for these NBA players, it's not a huge amount of money. I don't know how much it's going to motivate these guys to really care about the in-season tournament. And I don't know if it's going to draw fans in, which is their aim. I think that this isn't even about the NBA. I think this is Adam Silver testing out how this Vegas atmosphere is going to do. Because I think we're on the cusp of we're going to have a new NBA team within, what, the next eight years probably? I'd say eight if, like, Oh, I think it might be quicker. I think we could see it in the next three to four. Three to four NBA team. It's going to be the Vegas. I think this is this is Adam Silver's rough run at what would a Vegas crowd be for an NBA game. The NHL has found success there. The Raiders are on the down spiral, but they still pull up and they still turn up for their NFL fans. But this is the NBA's chance to see how they would do in a Vegas market. I think that's the only reason we're doing this. Yeah. yeah. Let's go around and say whether you're in or out on the in-season tournament. Adi, are you in or out on the I'm in-season out. tournament? Yash? I'll be out too. I'm JC? out, JC? 
All right, I'm out as well. Not <laughs> wow. We're all out four. on the in-season tournament. The 512 show goes, the hosts hate the in-season tournament. Yeah, and speaking of things that we hate, let's talk NFL preseason. Let's do it, baby. <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> it is a great time. It is always nice to see players get some runs in. You get to see some superstars that you think have a chance that you're never actually going to see play in-game. You get to see the Cleveland Browns kicker who missed a 48-yarder to win. After posting his highlights at halftime on his Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> that was the craziest moment of all time, dude. Yeah. Yeah. What he so yeah, he posts his highlights in game, halftime. Yep. Yeah. His like how well he's been performing. Two minutes left in the game, his chance to win. Forty eight yarder goes like wide left or whatever, right? Oh no. Foul on the defense. Now they have it again from forty two. Wide right. He missed two he, game winners. He missed two game winners. After was... posting <laughs> your highlights at halftime. And then to go back and delete the highlights <laughs> no. off your story. He was uh, he was getting clowned harder like on Barstool and Twitter last night. As hard as Robert Aguayo. The Tampa, Bay, the Tampa Bay kicker who Tampa Bay used a number one pick on him. Or not a number one pick, a first round pick on him like eight years ago. But he was getting that much hate that early in the year. Oh, my God. Rough going for his career. Rough start to his career. But talking about rough starts, Marcus Mariota. Recent Eagle signing. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. I had to watch Marcus Mariota be the starting quarterback for the Falcons for too long. And yesterday he proved exactly why he will not be a starter in the NFL this coming season. Because any open receiver (laughs) past 10 yards is getting overthrown every time. It was pretty bad. It, it was, was it was bad. It was it was rough. I I mean, I think it's really funny cuz if if you watch that NFL show or, or that Netflix show quarterbacks, it was kind of like you could tell that Marcus Mariota was just becoming less confident and more frustrated with himself as the season progressed, which obviously you don't want to see happen cuz you know, this is a guy that was the man at Oregon and mm-hmm. was a number 2 NFL pick. But I mean, that's it for him. His NFL yeah. career, his NFL career is. I would be surprised if he's still in the league in the next two years. I'd be shocked if he is if he's even the backup for the Eagles. Oh, definitely coming not. up. I don't. I don't think he will be. But yeah. uh, you know, a lot of people are criticizing the Eagles too. They're like, people are just trying to make impressions way too early because you know a lot of these NFL teams still are not throwing out their starters. Yet. No, um, a starter who might get some reps today. I know you're excited. There's a chance that Bijan's going to get some runs in today for Cincinnati. In Atlanta. Yeah. Looks like Atlanta is going to play a good amount of their starters. It looks like Desmond Ritter is going to play. Again, it's Arthur Smith, so you never know. Um, but if Bijan plays, that'll get you some good looks, especially if you're into fantasy as to how the Falcons are going to use him potentially. Are we going to see him line up at receiver at all? It'll be really interesting as well to see how Jesse Bates does. Kind of a re- revenge game. I say that, <laughs> but it's preseason, so it's not really a revenge game. Anyway, just should be fun to see how some of these Falcons starters perform, and especially Bijan, because you know we're a UT-based show, and we always want to see these guys succeed. Always going to highlight our guys. Roshan had a nasty run last week for the Bears. Mm-hmm. Roshan, 12 touches for 44 yards. I think he's going to be a start in the NFL before people know it. I, I agree. People aren't ready for it, but Roshan no. Johnson is an NFL starting running back. Fantasy sleeper, Roshan Johnson. You could take, he could, he could potentially be undrafted. You could get him as late as eight or ninth round. Yeah, you could. If, you he's, could. if he's undrafted, pick him up on the waiver wire almost immediately if you can. I would wait till like week three. I would wait. I don't know if he's going to be available on a lot of these waiver wires by week three. My greatest waiver wire pickup, 
Alvin Kamara has rookie year. Yeah, if you did that, you won. I picked him up the week before he played the team that we can't say their name anymore, but the week before he had like 35 points against Washington. Like, oh, yeah. nice. I picked him up. Huge league winner. <laughs> that was rough, yeah. <laughs> Another thing to mention that Browns game is the play of UCLA quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson. I'm going to read you his stats, and then let's let's. I want to hear some takeaways from this guy. So, you know, UCLA quarterback, kind of like a gadget guy at UCLA, I feel like. I Was he drafted even? Uh, I can't even remember if he was drafted or not. I think he was a really late, like, I'm talking like 7th, 8th, or like a 7th round if he was drafted. I don't Let remember. me double check that real quick. He is the 140th pick. Okay, so yeah, pretty close to the bottom. But Dorian Thompson-Robinson gets drafted so far. As far as passing goes, mm. but in this performance for this game, he did 13 for 25 for 52% completion, 164 yards and 18 rushing yards. But he did leave two. He did lead two scoring drives, and through four quarters of play now, so basically a complete NFL game, he has 348 passing yards, 65 rushing yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah, he's been really impressive. His legs give him that dual threat ability that is so coveted in today's league. Um, but, yeah, he's been a steal, and this is something that the Browns need to really lean into and continue to develop him because Deshaun Watson struggled mightily last year, yep. and if he continues to struggle this year, it's like, okay, when are we going to when are we gonna look at this guy as maybe he's not the guy? Now, that's, again, he missed a whole year of football. I'm not saying that Deshaun Watson was just going to come back and be himself, but if he continues to struggle, which we've seen quarterbacks get the yips in the NFL, Dorian Thompson Robinson looks like he's definitely serviceable back. One hundred percent, and yeah. he can he can create plays that not a lot of other guys can. So that, and then his trade value. If he has good trade value, and another team wants to give him a look as a starting quarterback, what can you gain from something like that? Yeah, and I think the issue is that the Browns bit such a bullet when they gave Deshaun Watson that massive contract at the time it was the NFL's highest contract, that they can't go back on their word because they will just look like idiots. Right. And the thing is, Deshaun Watson does not look good. No. He did not have a good season. He has not had any good practices from the looks of it by any clips that are getting posted online. And, I mean, if the yips are real, I mean, it's going to be evident this season. But yeah. I mean, the Browns are playing in arguably the most competitive division. One I mean, of, one if of the not mo- the. If not the, yeah, one of. But I think if the Browns finish dead last and they just have a rough season I'm talking like six six seven wins again you got to start looking at it like is it time we'll see uh Bryce Young <laughs> does not have an Alabama offensive line anymore no uh, <laughs> he's gonna be taking hits out the wazoo uh Quinnen Williams on hard knock said he had like 11 sacks in their practice yeah, session I saw that that was a really funny <laughs> bit um and then in their preseason game, he got hit on almost every throw. Just so, rushed, rushed, rushed. Especially at 5'9", smaller body, it's going to be interesting to see how he holds up throughout the season. But his poise is really impressive. He sits in that pocket. He delivers throws anyway. He does. Um, he's going to get killed a couple times, but he's willing to stand in there and deliver the pass. Like That's all you can ask from him. I mean, like I said, I said it last week, I still think he's the guy. I think that taking him over C.J. Stroud was the correct choice. Uh, another NFL guy, another NFL quarterback who was a top draft pick who, let's see where he ends up finishing this season, is Trey Lance. Trey Lance getting a lot of backwash and a lot of flack at training camp. As Kyle Shanahan came out and said publicly this week, 
it will basically take Brock Purdy getting hurt for him to lose the starting job. Yeah. So Brock Purdy went from being Mr. Irrelevant to the guy who's probably going to be an odds-on favorite for a team that's like odds-on favorites to make it to the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. A team that's like a top three NFC team to make it to the Super Bowl. I just, it sucks for Trey Lance. It's such a bad position for him because the play calling is really what got him injured last season. Right. And then the guy who called those plays just said that it would take an injury to the now starting quarterback for you to get any run. And I I just think that's really unfortunate because you're drafted – what number two overall, two. and then yeah. you don't get a real chance after one year of development and then a year where you were injured. It's like how how much can you really develop through an injury like that? You, you can't. Can. You can't. But I mean, I think this is what the I think the Niners are going to move him. Yeah, I think the Niners will trade him as like a project quarterback for another team by the end of the season because apparently Sam Darnold has performed very well for the Niners mm-hmm. and he hasn't performed that badly. So Sam Darnold could be. Backing up Brock Purdy. But imagine saying a year ago, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. <laughs> I saw him play twice in college for, against Texas. Mr. Irrelevant is now an NFL starting quarterback. Yep. Good for him. Good for him. Good for him. Takes a lot just to get to the NFL in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. He's, and then he he he's got a, his chance and he made the most of it. He's a dog. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a Brock Purdy believer. I'm all in on him now. Let's talk some fantasy. Really quick. Real quick fantasy touch. Dalvin Cook signed with the Jets this week. Uh, you know, we all saw it coming. He had been talking about it for like three weeks. There was constant talks of camp visits. But my only concern is that this might take away touches from Brees Hall. Brees Hall last week was on his way to becoming a top 10 NFL running back before he tore his ACL and went down in week seven. Currently, he is projected as the 22nd overall running back. I think that is a sell. I think that Brees Hall is a top 15 running back in the NFL, in fantasy especially, with a actual passing quarterback now and not Zach Wilson. If he's healthy, I think Brees Hall could easily have finished as a top 10 running back. And I'm a little disappointed in the signing of uh, Dalvin Cook because I feel like it's taking away these valuable touches. In terms of uh, winning football, it's a great signing. In terms of fantasy football, it stinks for Bryce Hall and it stinks for Dalvin Cook individually because those guys are just going to take carries away from each other. And we don't know how they're going to be utilized quite yet. Is Bryce Hall, is Brees Hall going to be used in the passing game more? Is it going to be more Dalvin Cook? So that's still yet to be seen. But another running back recently that could be taken away touches from a top fantasy back is Ezekiel Elliott ah. to the New England Patriots. Ah. I, hate, I I hated this signing. One, it took like my least favorite player to my least favorite team. That's one of my reasons for hating it. But also Ramondre Stevenson, this was finally his year to be a true running back workhorse, a mm-hmm. true number one with no competition in the New England offense. New England's offense last year was stagnant. It was ugly. Hopefully improvised over this next upcoming year. I think that it could still very well be a better offense. I'm not saying it'll be a good offense, but dump offs, short third downs. You're always running on first down in a Bill Belichick offense without Tom Brady. I thought this was the year that Ramondre was going to be a guy that was averaging 18 points a game. And what stinks and what really stinks for fantasy owners is... Zeke is going to be used in the red zone really heavily. He's going to be a touchdown merchant uh, that's going to steal all of Ramondre's chances, in my opinion, to make it into the end zone. I remember when Todd Gurley went uh, back to 
the Falcons, and he was essentially just a red zone back where yeah. you got into short yardage situations, let's get him into the end zone. And that's exactly what I think Zeke is going to be with the New England Patriots, and that's going to take away a lot of Ramondre's chances mm-hmm. to get into the end zone. That's a great point. You know, anything inside 10 yards for the Falcons that year was Todd Gurley's carries. Right. And I, I yeah, once again, you know, it's a good signing. Football-wise. But fantasy-wise, this takes a lot of value away from some of these guys. And, you know, I was honest to God looking at Ramondre as someone I would take in the third round this year. Yeah. A second or a third. I'm not a second rounder, but I would take him in the third. I don't know where I take him right now. Yeah. I'm still thinking about it. I would need to do a little bit more research. Yeah. But 100%. Rough. Rough. But that's our first little touch into fantasy, as we'll be touching that all season long. You want us to take away this next one? Yeah, let's move into some Texas football. (gasps) The AP poll dropped this last week with some interesting headlines. Texas is at number 11 with the fake UT, Tennessee, at number 12. Disgusting. Just want to say, we have our documents put up here. It literally says fake UT in the document. (laughs) It doesn't say Tennessee at 12. Jacob literally wrote fake UT. I wrote fake UT. You wrote fake UT. I wrote fake UT. Because it's a garbage school, and they're (laughs) never going to be anywhere near us. Like, whatever you guys be Bama once, okay, we would have been Bama once too if they hadn't taken a cheap shot on our quarterback, and if it had been a safety, which we all knew it was. Everybody knew it was a safety. It was Everybody knew it was was a safety. safety. I think about that play every day. Oh, my God. (laughs) You just ruined my day bringing that up. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're gonna we're gonna do an episode where we bring on like Tennessee people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and <we're just> gonna, <laughs> it'll just be a dissing episode where we talk about both UTs, one fake, one real. We're the real, obviously. I promise you, that would be the worst thing in the world. It would be like if you guys brought like it'd be if you guys brought like an A and M person near me. <laughs> if you brought an Oklahoma fan, I could have a civilized conversation. I could easily have a civilized conversation with an OU fan. But if we had an A and M fan here, I would not do well. I'm, I'm gonna bring in A and M people on this episode just to see JC's reaction, just to see Justin's reaction. <laughs> I'd step up, dude. I think if I like turns whatever. into a boxing match rather than a podcast recording. <laughs> it's just like I mean, yeah. Every Red River, I've been to the last two Red Rivers. You know, the first one when we blew our lead and we lost. No, I like don't even get me. St- I was at A and M in my friend's apartment watching both games. So I literally watched Bama and out of someone from UGA there too. So they got first because A&M beat Bama and then UT played OU and we blew our lead. And so we lost and I was in A&M the whole time just being like, God damn. (laughs) That's a rough one, dude. Yeah, it's just... I'm so sick of us being a laughing stock. I'm so sick of us being a joke. I got I got a funny story. So my ex girlfriend at the time was an Aggie. That's why she's your ex girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Editor, <clip> that. <laughs> anyway, so we blow a horrible lead. Which game? To OU. Two and years ago. Yeah. Caleb Williams. Yeah. And yeah. following that up, A and M goes and beats Alabama. Yep. And I was at home that day. She was at the Alabama game. So I got videos of her on the field after oh. they stormed the field beating Bama. And I just had to wallow in my sorrows yeah. with the loss. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, last that year. all being said. Last year, though. Last year. 49-0. Yeah. I cried. Yeah. It's happening I again. I cried a lot year. at the game. I was yep. like, this is the best day of my life. <laughs> I ran into uh, Overshone at the fair at the end of the game. 
I like had like a fried peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> and I was like, hey, go get me up. He's like, oh, thanks, man. He's like, what is that? I was like, and I, because I just have such a problem like fangirling around UT players, I was like, oh, do you want it? Like, I like, didn't even tell him what it was. I was like, please take my ticket. Did he it's take like, it? No. <laughs> We're so back, though. Okay. Texas. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Let's get it. Let's talk about the top four. I think everybody will agree with it. Maybe you don't agree with how it folded out as in terms of the one, two, three, and four. But number one, Georgia, I think that's a clear cut. I think that's obvious. Yeah. yeah. Number two is Michigan. Fair. Number three is Ohio State. Fair. And number four is Alabama. Fair once so, again. I think not this, gonna dispute these. I think this is a great AP top twenty five for yeah. the top four. Don't love the number six. Yeah, USC. I don't think USC is gonna I don't love end putting that high. I don't love putting USC at six and I don't love putting Clemson at nine. Where would you move them? I would put USC as I would take Penn State and Florida State over USC. Okay. I would take USC as eight. I would put Clemson below Texas. Uh, yeah, I put I would Clemson too. below Texas. I would make the argument that Utah would be above Clemson. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would, I would actu- make that argument. I would say that Utah should have been ranked above us and like Washington. I agree. Like, okay, Washington, I'm not sure about, but I yeah. think they should have been above us. Yeah, but I mean, I think once you get once we're talking like six through fourteen, yeah, six through fourteen, these are all realistically teams that could all flip flop each other the entire season. Mm-hmm. I think Penn State's a team that could be a top four potentially. Florida State is getting a lot of noise as a dark horse. Clemson at nine, I think that's just stupid. I think that's just the AP writers just not really knowing, just still believing. Some AP writers are believing in the coach more than the program itself. I don't know if you guys saw, there was this one writer, I forgot where he was from, but he put Kansas State, TCU, and Texas Tech above us. So some people just don't know anything, and that's okay. But that's their job. I get paid to talk about why they don't know anything, but I don't get paid. I don't get it. But uh, (laughs) 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 Washington, I think it's a great one. With Michael Penix Jr. taking back that offense, Michael Penix is trying to cement himself as a really valuable NFL draft player. He's had a long career, a long history of being hurt, but this is a team that could make some noise, and they have a great offense and a pretty good defense to go with it. But Boise State week one is not a cakewalk. Boise State is never a cakewalk, so that'll be a fun one. What are your thoughts on Notre Dame? Because, you know, they are independents. Notre Dame kind of, like, gets to pick and choose what they like to do. I just, I feel like... We've been putting too much value into Notre Dame the last few years. I think Notre Dame has always had way too much value. They get into the playoffs and they lose by 30, and it happens all the time. Every year. Every and year it's Notre Dame loses. so annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, now that they don't have uh, Brian Kelly as their coach anymore, I don't think that they're going to be as successful. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, stock on Notre Dame is low for me. Let me let me ask my little my Big 12 girlies out there. I, I think this is a dumb one. K-State was put above TCU at 16 and 17, respectfully. I don't mind that. I think K-State has a better... I think that they are better at quarterback than TCU is right now because we kind of don't know who's going to be playing quarterback at TCU. We haven't seen much. Yeah, but the guy who got them all their touches is now with the Dallas Cowboys. Yes. And K-State lost half their starters last year. Yes. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see. I really don't know enough about Kansas State or TCU to give you a valuable yeah, it's, opinion. It says here that. TCU fell 15 places. Which yeah. makes sense because, I mean, like— They're not going to make it back to the playoff. And the thing was, you know, I'm never going to discredit what TCU did last season. But you look at the Baylor game, 
you look at if Bijan had been able to get just a few extra touches and some of their earlier plays, like in some of their earlier games, because their first like big coming out game was that Oklahoma game early on in the season. Then we all find out that Oklahoma's garbage. We come to find that later. And I just, I think that, you know, if you repeated that schedule again, I think TCU would drop two or three of those games. And, yeah. But never going to take anything away from them. I think TCU isn't exactly where it belongs. I agree with Oklahoma being 20. I think that they should have not been ranked. I think Tech could have been ranked over them. I would agree there. I think Tech could have been ranked over OU this year. Brett Venerables is... I don't believe in his vision. I don't either. I don't believe that he's a good coach for them. No, they've gone from offensive-minded coaches with Bob Stoops and Lincoln Riley Riley to a defensive-minded coach. And in the Big 12, at least in the modern, or in what used to be the Big 12 and what will be the Big 12 for one more year, you have high-powered scoring offenses. And defense is great. Defense wins championships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Lincoln, Riley, and Bob Stoops had the most success when they had great offenses. Right. And, you know, I never cultivated a national championship, but it always got really close to it. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, that was always the Big 12's problem was comparing them to SEC and what was once, you know, the Big 10 was that they didn't have those defenses. BV's trying his best. But Brett Venerables has yet to pick up a top defensive player or two in this recruiting class. Like, mm-hmm. Oklahoma is either just getting outbitted or outclassed by a lot of other programs. And, yeah. Because, you know, would you rather go to Georgia or would you rather go to Oklahoma? And I agree. I don't see BV's vision. A&M at 23. A Fine lot, with it. A lot of people are saying A&M's a top 10 program this year. <sighs> I'm, hearing, I'm hearing a lot of noise that A&M's a top 10 program. I don't believe in Jimbo Fisher either. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, he had... He's well, a putz. Yeah. One good season at Florida State with Jameis Winston. With Jameis Winston. Yeah. And that's about it. I don't see I don't see all the hype with him. He's not a good play caller and he insists on calling the plays and it's just never worked out. So that hiring, you know, they hired Steve Spurrier. Yeah. Do you think he's actually gonna call the plays? Or do you think Jimbo just hired him er, so he could have someone It's it was Petrino, right? Petrino, yeah, yeah. you're right. You're yeah. Right. I'm sorry. Excuse no, you're me. Good. It was Petrino. Do you think that Fisher hired Petrino? Just so he could fire him, because like Petrino's not actually gonna be the ones calling the play. I think Jimbo's gonna be still calling these plays. I really don't know. He came out and said that he was still gonna be calling some plays, so I have no clue what Jimbo's doing. It's a mess. Uh, I think a lot of this AP poll will eventually shape itself out, but I don't agree with some of these. I mean, I think UTSA should have been ranked this year too. Yeah, can't make too much out of the preseason poll though. You can't, but Texas at 11, I think that's a good spot for us to be in. Solid. We moved up 14 places. We're actually the most out of any school to move up. I think it's good motivation for Texas because, like I told you, this I've told you this a lot. I talked to you about this a lot out of, out of recording. This team's ceiling is a 5 or 6 seed. You know, I think a low for us is a 14. I think this is a good spot for us, you know. We're above what people think that we could be at our worst, but we're nowhere close to where people think we could be at our best. And I think that's good motivation that this Texas team will use. But Texas. <laughs> uh, playing I, A&M next year too, right? Starting oh, yeah. next Should season. be. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thanksgiving night, dude. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be incredible. They're saying that those game, those tickets are already start selling for $600. <sighs> like, they're yeah, saying going to be unreal. It's going to be insane. Was like, well, so that, that season, Texas plays week two in Ann Arbor. And those seats are already $500, so it's going to be ridiculous next year. I mean, that's the problem with the SEC is 
you know, all of us are going to be, you know, God willing, graduated within these next like two years. We're not going to be able to afford Texas games anymore mm-hmm. because nope. they're going to be a perennial powerhouse, hopefully within the next few years. Yeah. And no one's going to be able to get tickets to these games anymore. It won't be happening. That's why we gotta buy box seats. I'm gonna buy a box seat. I'm gonna buy a club seat. I'm gonna call it a day. Populous box seat. Populous box seat. All we have to do is make a one-time ten million dollar donation to the university. <laughs> oh, oh shit! Yeah. You know what? <laughs> you got it, Adi. You're donating for the rest of us, right? Give us a yeah, few, yeah. Give it a few years, maybe we'll make it happen. Adi will have us covered. <laughs> the Saudis will buy us out, just like they bought out Neymar. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that. If we can get box seats, I'm not gonna say no to that. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and we're transitioning into our pop culture blog, and I will let someone else take this away. Uh, Twitter and X, anyone? I don't. I don't think we've I talked think, about. I think you got it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> we haven't talked about Twitter changing the name to X, have we? Not really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What the hell is Elon Musk thinking? <laughs> like, well, I know it's been a month or so, but. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like he's trying to follow a pretty replicated like brand strategy, right? Like this idea that oh, I'm going to change the company. And by changing the name, people will, like, not think about the old Twitter. They'll think about the new X. A lot of companies do this. But firstly, the name X is just stupid. Like, yeah. Yeah, like imagine buying, like, Twitter blue and on your credit card statement it just says X.com. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, yeah. yeah, but then you're tweeting. Instead of, like, tweeting, you're what, Xing? You're hey, guys, X. let me just X you. That's, yeah. that's the problem is you yeah. can't say, like, I'm tweeting, like, I don't have a burner X account. I have a burner Twitter account. Like, exactly. Yeah, it is kind of stupid, but I guess like, if you have enough money, whatever. Pop off, I guess. <laughs> do whatever you want, man. <laughs> Let him cook. How do y'all feel about his whole, you know, how people are having to pay for their verification and pay for additional now? They have to pay for subscriptions now if you want extra content from some of your favorite accounts. I'm seeing, like, everyone's starting to do this. I mean, Reddit did something very similar two months ago. Slightly similar, I should say. They started charging third-party apps to be able to scrape Reddit, um, essentially, for data. And they started charging for that, so all these third-party apps like Apollo essentially started shutting down, um, costing them a lot of revenue. But Twitter's doing the same thing. Maybe it's just tech companies desperate for money in this economy. Hmm. Or maybe it's just because all these advertisers like fled Twitter after Elon Musk like took over, right? And so like they got to get money somehow, I think... They're kind of scrambling. I don't know. What do you all think? Yeah, I mean, I don't like the subscription feature. I don't like that you have to have Twitter blue to do certain things. But I will say they are paying certain creators for a certain amount of interactions. Like if you have Twitter blue and you have a solid audience, I don't know exactly what the thresholds are. They do pay out some of the creators, which I think is a good thing. Um, Unfortunately, that means there's going to be a lot of interaction farming where you see the same tweet pop up over and over and over again that people know is going to get interacted with. But I don't think it's the worst thing in the world that they're offering some form of payment to creators that have a bigger audience. We should do that. Keep putting the same thing over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, someone will. We should totally do Maybe that. We'll afford box seats one day with that. We should totally interact farm. That's a great idea. <laughs> you know what, guys? We should just like we should just take the same episode next week and just flip out like the A block and C block and just re-upload it. Dude, <laughs> it's not the worst idea. Genius. <laughs> no, guys, I'm betting you like we're gonna be clipping our episodes. And, like, some dumb shit, like, on ESPN or whatever is going to, like, see that. And they're just going to say the exact same thing, put it on ESPN, and it's going to get, like, 10 million views. <laughs> hey, we'll just say we said it first. I've been telling you, I know more than half these, like, college football writers. 
And it's just because I don't believe in writing. I don't believe in old journalism. New media, baby. Whoa, <laughs> man. Yeah. Whoa, don't believe in media. We, can say, we can say our takes 10 million times faster than they can write it down. Exactly. You know, you know what can do I it? still My believe burner. in old media. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, dude, my burner Twitter can go faster than an article. I'm like, let me keep firing off his heaters, dude. Like, and eventually one of them will pop off. I feel I've, you. No. I've gotten a few NFL accounts. I've started to like it. So we're getting there. All right. Slowly well, last sure. things last. Um, JC, it's your time to shine. Hard Knocks review. Mm, and Manziel review, too. A little two minute of that. First off, Johnny Manziel. I'm glad he turned his life around. But wow, he was... He was like kind of cool. Like, he was kind of awesome. Like, do you think he turned his life around? I didn't. I don't. Leave the, I didn't I don't leave that documentary so. feeling that way. I okay. To be honest, I felt leaving like in a very bad spot for him. Yeah. Because like, you know, he lost all of his money in the NFL. He lost like really good friendships, but you know, they made him seem like he was the greatest guy on earth for 15 minutes, and you're like, mm-hmm. wow, this guy rocks. And then the rest of the documentary, you're like, oh, yeah, this is rough. Like, this is pretty sad. He did some skeevy stuff, though. A he lot did. of skeevy stuff. He, I don't know if you guys knew this. He created an entire lie that his family was rich and wealthy. His family was not rich and wealthy. And every single person in America believed it. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy to me that no one ever, like... I, it was awesome. It was so crazy. because This is the first time in my life I ever found out that that wasn't the case. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, his dad was willing to fake a heart attack so he could miss uh-huh. the NFL combine drug test. And then... His friend. Do you remember his friend's name? I don't remember his friend's name. So he had this friend. He was, like, this guy that had known Johnny for a long time. He was, like, Johnny's, like, quote-unquote agent while he was at College Station. There was another clip that got put on TikTok and Twitter the other day that they didn't have in the doc. He was saying, like, this one time, because to show you, like, how insane, like, Johnny Menzel was at College Station, he was, like, they were out at, like, a bar or whatever, like, a house party, and Johnny and him were leaving and going back with some girls. And he was like, Johnny, like, don't drive, man. Like, don't drive. And Johnny's like, no, 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 I'm good. He's like, and, you know, I'm not going to speculate whether or not he was intoxicated. We were driving. And then you hear the, the flashing lights. Yeah. That was a really bad cop. I know. Was really it was bad. really bad. But <laughs> he gets pulled over. And he said the guy, he's like, I'm not even kidding. Cop comes over, rolls down the window. His eyes, like, glisten. You know, they, like... Pop right open. He goes, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Football. Can we give you an escort ride home? <laughs> Didn't ask any <gasps> questions. Gave Johnny Football a ride home, dude. Like, that's just how crazy he was in College Station. And the thing is, if you go to College Station, it's still there. And, mm-hmm. like, remnants of what Johnny Football was is still standing in that university. Remnants? Bro, he built that program. The only reason they have the stadium that large or, like, the stadium is that big they have the 12th man and everything is because of Johnny Manzo. That is true, actually. Yeah. Like, he he led those renovations. Yeah. He brought in the money for those renovations. Yeah. His At the end of his freshman year, they doubled the money for any other season they've ever had in the history of A&M football donors. They doubled their money because of one season of Johnny Manzo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it is wild, though. It is crazy how, like, and it's all AM fans will ever talk about. Mm-hmm. That's, all, that's they, all they got. That's all they got. They don't have a national championship. Nope. And, you know, the thing that we don't talk about, they never even got an SEC championship out of Johnny football. Mm-mm. They didn't get anything. But a couple highlights, they beat Bama, 
Okay. And they won the Chick-fil-A do Bowl versus Duke. We're going to do that week two. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. You know, it's whatever. But Manziel Doc, I highly recommend everyone watches it, though. It is a really interesting documentary. It is. It was interesting. It, it was, was solid. It was a good watch. But also, that we'll be previewing in a few weeks. Everyone get ready. The four-part series, Swamp Kings over the Florida Gators in the Urban Meyer era. Get ready for that one. August 23rd, we will be talking about that one. And finally, we can finish up with some hard knocks. It's just filler. It's a filler season at this point, Justin. It, that's what it feels like. It's a filler season, it, man. Nobody, nobody's super excited. Like, I mean, yeah, it was kind of cool to see what they did in their joint practices with the Panthers. But, yeah, I, I wasn't super entertained by this episode. Felt myself always wanting to get on my phone. Yeah, and, I got bored. Uh, I mean, it's okay. It's hard knocks. No, I've watched good hard knocks. This is not good hard knocks. Okay, I thought the mentalist thing was kind of cool. The, I did not. Mentalists freak me out. Mentalists and magicians freak me out. Hypnotists can't do any of them. Oh, man. I thought that was like like when you turn the deck of cards into a like thing with the goldfish. That was I'm, wild. I'm Roman Catholic, bro. That goes against everything I know. I, I, I get it. I get it. I, I understand. <laughs> but Hard Knocks, it is just filler at this point. It mm. is kind of cool seeing like... Uh, you know, like the defensive mindset, but it's just like, it's the entire premise of this season that he's talking about how good Aaron Rodgers and how good of a guy he is. Yeah. And it's a little ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's still hope for it. It could get better. We'll see. We'll there's see. what, three episodes left? I'm not totally like, sure how many they. We'll see what we get. Maybe NFL should take a lesson out of Drive to Survive's playbook. What is that? What is their strat? Drive to Survive? I mean, they build off of like that rivalry between the individual players. Um, and they focus less on like the game, the actual like, the actual race itself. That's yeah. what drives people, you know, emotion. It's less about the numbers. Well, that's why quarterback did so well. Is it was more like a reality TV series. So like you could I get agree. people that weren't even really into football to watch that because it's like, oh, these people are like they have real human lives, and there's more that goes into it. And quarterback was so intriguing that now you're back to hard knocks, and it's like, eh, we don't really have the personalities. It's like Aaron Rodgers is cool. Yeah. The personalities aren't there this year, mm -mm. and it's yeah. just rough. Yeah, I think that's all we got, right? That's all we got. Well. Yeah, Good well. episode, guys. We kept it under an hour, so we didn't quite meet our time vision, but we did keep hey. it under an hour. So I will take it. I'm happy with it. Uh, once again, you guys, I am signing off. Uh, always here to advertise Populous and all they do. Populous is the fantasy app to use for all NBA-related activities. We will all be using it this season. We will be very active. I'm very excited to spend more money than I have ever made in Populous on a Wemby card once it gets dropped. <laughs> uh, remember, download Populous on the App Store today. Once again, my name is JC. I am the co-host of the 40-Yard Line Podcast, where we are covering all things Texas sports. I'm Justin Gooseman. Once again, I run the Goose Talks Hoops TikTok. And once, just a great episode overall. It was a pleasure being here. Always a great time working with the Populous group. I'll send it over to Yash. Yeah, I'm Yash Agarwal. I'm the marketing advisor for Populous and enjoyed my first podcast. Can't wait for the next one. Pass it over to Adi. Thank you guys for tuning in, guys. It's been an amazing episode. Uh, like JC said, almost an hour long, but we love making this content for you guys to hear us out and listen to. Sports is our passion, so all of us have, you know, sports content that we create on a daily basis. Highly encourage you to check out JC's podcast on Spotify, 40-yard line, if you like more Texas football content. Check out Goose Talks on TikTok. That's Justin's TikTok. He makes great NBA content. And obviously, download the Populous app um, use it for the upcoming NBA season as well. And yeah, signing off. Thank you. <laughs>